Well, uh, today our passage of Scripture is this text from Luke's Gospel, and the title of the sermon is, What Time Is It? What Time Is It? Um, Last week I decided to do a little sermon sourcing on social media, and I asked people to complete the sentence, It's Time To, and then I encouraged people to just put stuff that's funny, stuff that's serious, so I wanted to share with you a little bit about uh, what some folks put. It's time to remove the calorie count on anything chocolate. I could get behind that. It's time to love yourself and accept others. It's time to jump on the Ole Miss baseball bandwagon. I didn't even have to write that. It's time to do all the good you can in all the ways you can as long as ever you can. It's time to bring back fanny packs. Not sure that it'll ever be time to do that. It's time to do more to feed the hungry, house the homeless, help the sick and the poor. It's time to stop making cauliflower into foods that it's not. It's time to live, love, and laugh a lot. It's time to unfriend Tommy on social media. (laughs) You know I'm looking at you. You put that. It's time to recognize that people aren't perfect. Most people are just doing the best they can. It's time to quit saying Target when referring to Target. (laughs) It's time to work together for the benefit of all people. And then I added this, it's time to get on with the sermon. (laughs) In our scripture lesson today, Jesus decides that it's time. It's time for him to set his face toward Jerusalem. Now, you, uh, it doesn't really matter if you were raised in the church your whole life and you've been here every single Sunday or whether today is your very first Sunday in church in your life. Chances are you know something about what happens to Jesus when he decides that it's time to go to Jerusalem and he makes his last trip there. What ends up happening is that Jesus experiences strong opposition. Jesus experiences rejection. Jesus experiences suffering. And Jesus ultimately experiences death. And yet there's not a thing in the world that would deter Jesus on this journey because Jesus understood in this moment that it is time to turn his face towards Jerusalem. Now from where Jesus was to where Jesus was going, the shortest distance was to go through a place called Samaria. But there's only one problem with this route. Most good Jews did everything they could to avoid going through Samaria. You see, a good Jew didn't like Samaritans. A good Jew, in fact, actually 
hated Samaritans. They were upset because these folks who used to be good Jews themselves began to marry people outside of the faith. They began to marry people outside of their race. And, and these good Jews now looked upon those formerly good Jews and said, you are now ritually unclean. And I can't have anything to do with you because if I'm around you, if I get close to you, if I touch you, then I become unclean. And not only had they begun to marry people outside of their family and outside of their faith and outside of their race, they also built a temple that they believed is where people really ought to worship. And so they wanted you to worship God in the temple in Samaria rather than the temple in Jerusalem. They hated these Samaritans. And they would walk miles and miles and miles and miles just so that they would never step foot in Samaritan territory. But this guy Jesus, he kind of liked Samaritans. He kind of liked everybody. In fact, Jesus really loved everybody. Jesus oftentimes used Samaritans in stories, and he'd make them the heroes of the story. You remember the most important one, or the most memorable one, is the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus wanted to be in relationship with all sorts of people that good Jews didn't want to have anything to do with. Jesus wanted to be in fellowship with these people that maybe didn't believe what he believed or, or looked the way he looked. Jesus wanted to be in relationship with them. And so even though most good Jews wouldn't go through Samaria... Uh, Jesus was willing to, not only because he wanted to be in relationship and he wanted to be in fellowship with them, but because it was the quickest way to get to where he knew it was time for him to go. And so he tells some messengers to go ahead of them and to prepare the way for them to travel through Samaria. But unfortunately, the Samaritans refused hospitality to Jesus and the disciples. And, and what Luke says is that the reason why he refused, they refused hospitality to Jesus and the disciples is because they were on their way to Jerusalem. Well, what, the way I interpret that is I guess that he refused interp uh, to show the hospitality because he was going to go to that temple in Jerusalem to worship God and not to the temple in Samaria. Or maybe they refused to show hospitality to them because they were treating these good Jews the way those good Jews often treated them. They refused to offer hospitality to Jesus and His disciples even though all He wanted was to be in relationship with them. All He wanted was to be in fellowship with them. He was on His way to Jerusalem and it made sense for Him to go and spend some time with the Samaritans. And it really upset his disciples. They didn't like the fact that the Samaritans had refused to offer hospitality to Jesus and the gang. Now Jesus had already taught these disciples what they were supposed to do whenever they encountered someone who didn't receive them with hospitality and with a warm welcome. 
Jesus said that if you ever encounter somebody that doesn't welcome you, disciples, here's what I want you to do. I want you to shake the dust off of your sandals and I want you to just move on. Move along. And yet, our disciples in the story this morning, they're shaking, <laughs> but they're not shaking as a way of ridding dust from their tevas. They're shaking with anger. In fact, James and John are so bold that they look over to Jesus and they say, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and just torch all these jokers for not showing you respect, for offending you, and for offending us? You see, these disciples wanted revenge. These disciples had been hurt. These disciples uh, were being treated in a way that they didn't think was right for them to be treated. And they wanted revenge. And as much pain and hurt as they were experiencing as being rejected hospitality by these Samaritans, they wanted to inflict pain back on them, but they wanted the pain to be a whole lot worse than the pain they experienced. And so they said, Jesus, would you like for us to call down fire from heaven? I sort of chuckle at this, like they really thought they had that kind of power. <laughs> I mean, they really thought that they could just look up to God and say, hey God, would you torch these people for us please so we can move on about our day? I mean, they had some power, right? They were able to cure a few people, but then there were some that they couldn't cure. I, I think it's pretty comical that they actually think that they can do this. And so Jesus intervenes. Jesus intervenes, and we, don't, we aren't told by Luke what Jesus actually says to the disciples. Boy, wouldn't you like to know. <laughs> but we are given a hint as to what might have been happening. It says that Jesus rebuked the disciples. That sounds like a pretty harsh word to me. That sounds like Jesus was mad at the disciples for wanting to torch everybody. By the way, Hannah, why didn't you preach on this text for the children's sermon? Um, Jesus intervenes. He rebukes them. Jesus seems like he's angry at them. Jesus has already told them that when you encounter somebody that doesn't see the world the way that you see it, when you encounter somebody that doesn't welcome you, when you encounter somebody that rejects the way you think or what you believe... You move on. And yet, they didn't want to. It's interesting to me that it doesn't appear that Jesus is angry at the Samaritans. In fact, if anything, he's probably just sad. There will come a time later in Jesus' life when he's... Hanging from a cross, about to die. And do you know what he did? He looked up to heaven and he said, God, 
send down fire and torture them all. No, that's not what he did. Jesus looked out on all of those people who were responsible for him hanging from the cross. And he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Move on. There will be another opportunity. An opportunity when you're not so ravaged by revenge. When you're not so angry. When you're not reacting to what's going on around you. When you've had time to calm down. When you've had time to think things through. Move on. I think that's why Jesus intervened in our passage of Scripture today. It's because He wanted us disciples all of these years later to understand how a disciple should act. When, when people don't see the world that you see it, when people say things that hurt you, when people say things that upset you, when people say things that anger you, when people do things that you can't believe they would do, you're probably going to be tempted to just torch the place. Whether it be literally or whether it be with your words, whether it be with your actions, whether it be with your thoughts, Jesus somehow knew that when we encounter people like that who reject us, who hurt us, who make us angry, who take away from us our rights, what we think we deserve, that our inclination is to just want to return and hate for hate. And when we experience pain, that we want to inflict pain, and we want that pain to hurt a whole lot more than the pain that was inflicted upon us. And it's Jesus' way of saying, shake the dust off your sandals. Keep on walking, not to avoid the problem, not to act like the problem doesn't exist, not because later you can't lean into or speak to the problem, but don't do it now. Don't do it when you're so upset. Don't do it when you're so angry. Don't do it when you're so triggered. There will be another opportunity for you to engage in conversation. And I think that Jesus knew when He led them, kept James and John from bringing down fire on those Samaritans. There were going to be other opportunities for those Samaritans to hear the good news of God's great love that we're trying to share. And maybe then they will be in a better place to receive it. And maybe we'll be in a better place to offer it. So he's not asking us to avoid anything. He's just asking us to Move on for now. Now I chose this sermon passage of Scripture months ago. How could I have known that this past week the Supreme Court was going to make a ruling overturning Roe versus Wade? And there's a bunch of people in this church, and I don't have to tell you that there's a bunch of people that feel differently on this and any other issue under the sun. 
And I hope you know that I'm a pastor regardless of where you fall on this or any other issue that's out there. And so I want to tell you this morning that I'm available for you as your pastor. I don't, it really doesn't matter to me what side you fall on. If you need somebody to talk to, scream at, cry with, rejoice, wherever you are on that, I want to suggest that I might be a better place for you to do that than your social media page. I might be a better place to do that than tagging on to the end of a news article or in a blog. I want to suggest to you right now, you might be so full of pride because you got what you wanted and you might be so angry that you're saying, Lord, send down fire and torch them all. But maybe what God is saying is a way of intervening with us this morning and saying, be quiet. Move along. There'll be an opportunity for you to come back and engage in conversation. But don't do it when you're angry. Don't do it when you're reacting. Don't do it when the best you've got is that you want to inflict more pain on the other side because of the pain that you feel like has been inflicted upon you. There'll be a chance to have conversation. There'll be a chance to circle back around. There'll be an opportunity to engage in meaningful dialogue. But being angry and vengeful and reactionary, it's not going to help. It's not going to help at all. Just as it was time for Jesus to make His way to Jerusalem, I'm wondering, is it time for us to just take a deep breath? Is it time for us to spend time in prayer and meditation asking God to calm our spirits and calm our reactions so that we can engage in the kind of conversation that might be uh, conducive to coming together. As I've said to you before, it's okay to argue like you're right as long as you're willing to listen like you're wrong. Maybe that's why God intervened in Jesus that day. And so that we could take a pause. So that we could pray. So that we could respond. Rather than react. That's what time I think it is.